Hello, and welcome to the Mama Mentor Podcast. My name is Joyce, and here we talk everything life. So, we finally got Halloween over with. I don't know how you guys fared with Halloween. Um, we did pretty good. We don't really get a lot of trick-or-treaters coming to our house. So, we just do the whole, you know, scary movie, eating treats at home kind of thing, which we love. Um... It's kind of our thing that we've been doing for years, so it's not a big deal for us. Um, we do, of course, you know, decorate for fall and Halloween and stuff, um, but uh, it's kind of fun. I kind of, I, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Halloween. I really love all the decor and the pumpkins and the decorating, and I love that there's a plethora of candy. Um, I'm not usually a very big candy person, but at Halloween time, I'm all for it. All for it. All the time. Love it. Love having a bowl of candy. Um, and I love all the decor. And decor has gotten so much better over the years for Halloween and that kind of spooky angle. Or even if you don't want to go spooky, you know, with like pumpkins and stuff. And so I really do enjoy that part of it. And I just, I've never been a big fan of the trick-or-treating. Um, and I, I know a lot of other parents were, were like that as well. It just seems, okay, here's my issues with it. First of all, we always are telling our kids, don't take anything from strangers, don't take anything from strangers. And then on Halloween, we parade them around the neighborhood taking candy from strangers. It just always seems like a really... Um, hypocritical which makes me sound like an ogre like I'm trying to ruin the holiday um which I'm not which I'm not when I was a kid I trick-or-treated loved it like I said I love the candy I love the decor I love when people dress up their houses and their front yards and they do all that stuff and I have taken my children when they were younger in trick-or-treating age trick-or-treating and we loved it. It just, I don't know, maybe that's the, maybe that's the lazy part of me. Um, because I just don't like walking around to all the houses trick-or-treating. Like, I'm done by the end of the block. And not because we've walked too far. It's not like I can't walk farther than that. Um, it probably has a lot to do with how monotonous it is for me as a parent, trick-or-treating. Because it's just the same thing. You know, you walk to the next house, your kid goes up, trick-or-treats, comes back, blah, blah, blah. You go on to the next house. Uh, so the monotony is probably that. Uh, probably another thing about it is that a lot of times it's on a weekday. And so by the time you've done all your daily stuff, you know, like working and dinner and all that, and then you're going trick-or-treating, you're tired. And... It's really not, you know, my idea of a good time to like, after I've had a big day is to just parade my child around. But the big clincher in what I'm suspecting is the reason why it's not my favorite is because I live in a zone three environment. So those of you who are not familiar with the zones, zones, zones are how hot or cold it gets in your area and it's a gardening thing so most gardeners know what zone they live in so that we know what kind of perennials to plant well zone three just for some reference um 
It is usually a miracle if we do not have snow and or cold wind going on on Halloween. This year we didn't. It was actually beautiful. It was like, uh, I think it was five degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that's like for Fahrenheit people, but it's above zero, so it's not freezing. There wasn't any snow and there wasn't any wind. So for this year's Halloween, chef's kiss, beautiful temperature. Friends of mine that have young kids, they loved it for taking the kids out trick-or-treating because it was not cold. It was not blustery. It was not a miserable experience. So that is probably the biggest part of why I don't enjoy trick-or-treating is because it's miserable outside. And the very last thing that I want to do when it's cold and blustery is to parade around the neighborhood in the dark, begging for candy when I could just go by myself and sit at home and watch scary movies with my kids. Luckily, um, the last child that I have at home um, is a teenager and some teenagers like to trick or treat. And, and uh, honestly, when I see trick or treaters come trick or treating, I'm all in for it. I'm all in for it. Um, when I lived in a place where we actually had trick or treaters come to our door, you know, I would give more candy to the teenagers. I would keep um, full size chocolate bars or like pop cans to hand out to the teenagers. Because as far as I'm concerned, there is so many other things a teenager could be doing that may or may not, like they could be doing vandalism. They could be, um, you know, experimenting with drinking or drugs or smoking on Halloween. Um, instead of innocently going around the neighborhood trick-or-treating. And so I wanted to really get the message across like, yeah, I'm rewarding you for making this choice. Here's a whole bunch of good stuff. So that being said, Halloween's over. Not going to lie, still have all my decor up because I leave my pumpkin and bats and that fall Halloween combination decor up until I put my Christmas decor up. And I don't put my Christmas decor up until after Remembrance Day at the earliest. Um, it's just a respect thing that I have. Um, I don't judge other people for what they do. Um, that's kind of my thing in my whole life, to be honest. I don't tend to judge people for what they do because everyone has reasons for why they do things. I don't put mine up till after Remembrance Day simply because... I want Remembrance Day to be about Remembrance Day and not be, have, have the, there's a big Christmas season. It lasts for a long time. So for me, I think that I want my focus and my family's focus to be on Remembrance Day and the sacrifice of our veterans for our freedoms on that day. Don't come at me for that. That's just how I was raised. That's just how I've raised my kids. And, and that's just how I feel. And you can feel different and I would not come at you for it either. Um, but yeah, I leave my fall decor up until after Remembrance Day. And then usually I put my Christmas decor up kind of, I'm going to say towards the end of November. Sometimes I put it up early, like sometimes I have it up by the middle of November. Um, I know a lot of my American friends, because you guys have your Thanksgiving in November, a lot of you guys are really doing still 
you know, really running hard with that fall Thanksgiving decor theme right till the end of the month because you guys have your Thanksgiving at the end of the month. So there are times that I kind of follow that as well, where I kind of wait till after you guys have had your Thanksgiving and then I'll put up the Christmas decor just so that we're all on the same page. Not that it matters, but it's kind of how I do it. So kind of looking forward to that. Not going to lie. So, but next subject. So I know we always talk a lot about on the podcast about, you know, routines around the house to keep our house, you know, neat and tidy to keep areas cleaned, um, rituals, um, for, you know, keeping ourselves clean and feeling well taken care of and well rested and, and mentally healthy so that we can, you know, plug in fully into the lives of ourselves and our families and our friends. Um, but today we're going to talk about something a little different. And I, if, for those of you that follow me on Instagram on at seven Martians on Mars, um, you'll notice that I put a lot of pictures of lately, especially of stuff that I do to restock my home. And by restocking, what I mean is I like to get as much stuff ready for the beginning at the beginning of the week so that my week runs a little smoother. So I'm not kind of going, oh, I'm running out of that or, oh, I'm running out of that. So one of the things I do is I have a running grocery list of stuff that like, as we run out, we kind of put it on the list. Pretty, pretty typical. A lot of people do that. And then I will, at the end of the week, usually I do a pickup on Friday. Uh, because, you know, we like to have a little more snacky stuff on the weekend, like little chips and, you know, that. So it's nice to pick up my grocery order on Friday because then we can have the treats for the weekend. It also, then that chore is done for the weekend. So I usually pick up my order on Friday, which is, if you've never used a click and collect system, like where you order your groceries online and then you just drive there and pick them up. Um, I know in that in a lot of places too, they'll do a delivery for a fee or if you belong to like their club for that grocery store, sometimes you can get that for free. But if you haven't done that, I would suggest that you try it. And a lot of the, I know, especially here in Canada. So we have where I live, we can do, we can do it at Walmart. We can do it at Superstore. We can do it at no frills. I think we can do it at Safeway too and, and save on foods. Um, I'm in Western Canada, so those are kind of our stores. And I think a, mo- a bunch of those have delivery too. Um, I just, I don't mind going and picking it up, so I don't do the delivery. Um, but if you haven't had a chance to do it, I suggest you try because a lot of these places when you're doing, especially your first order, um, you can get some like extra points or you can get a coupon of money off or there's some sort of incentive for you to do your first order. And you'll find that it's really, really, honestly, for me, I find it's the best way to get groceries. So I get all of my groceries, um, except for meat from a grocery store, because I actually go to our local butcher and get my meat. It's just a personal preference. Our butcher has really great meat. It's local. Um, I can see what I'm getting. I can pick what I'm getting. And if they, 
like if I want, like, let's say I've picked up a package of pork chops and there's like six pork chops in the, in the package. And I want those in two packs of three. I can just tell him to, or ask him, I guess I'm not rude. I can ask them, you know, can you wrap that into two, three packs? And they'll do it. No problem. They'll wrap them all individually if I want them to. And they have done that for me as well. Like, so if I'm going to buy steaks, I get them all wrapped individually so that I can pull out the amount of steak that I need, depending on what I'm going to make. You know, cause sometimes you're going to, you know, get one steak out because you're going to cut it up into like little strips or whatever. Cause you're, it's part of a bigger meal. It's a, it's more an ingredient as opposed to a piece of the meal, if that makes any sense. So I just love getting them there. And we have a great local butcher and it's, again, you can walk right in. There's like a couple of aisles and then the butcher shelf. So you're not slogging through. Cause that's what I'm trying to avoid by get picking up my groceries and going to the butcher is I'm trying to, to do two things, not for it to be a slog. Cause I don't want anything in my life to be a slog where I'm going, Oh, I have to go to the grocery store. Oh, I have to go there. No, I want it to be like, I want it to be not overwhelming. I want it to be quick and efficient. Another thing by doing it this way is I am not able to do those, um, impulse purchases. Like if I go into the store, which I very rarely do, very rarely do, I will end up buying more than I went in there for. I will buy things that I was not planning to buy. And so by doing this kind of click and collect system, I stick to my grocery list because I'm not standing there waiting in an aisle or like standing there waiting at a checkout going, oh, well, actually I'd like that too. Or going by the end of an aisle going, oh, I didn't realize that was going to be on sale. So I'll get that when I, when I wasn't needing it, that I'm just buying it because I'm seeing that it's on sale. So it, it is a good, not only time saving method, it's also money saving, at least for me. I find I save a lot of money that way and definitely time because I can pick the time slot that I'm going to pick up my groceries and I literally drive there. You know, I might wait 10 or 15 minutes because, you know, the time slot is like maybe 10 people can be in that time slot. So depending on if you're the first one there or maybe you're the last one there, you might have to wait a little bit for your groceries, but that's fine. So like I said, I'm only waiting 10 or 15 minutes and then I'm getting my groceries and then I go home. And so I'm not already done with grocery shopping by the time I get home because I've literally just popped out. It's also nice because I can go pick up my groceries and then swing by the butcher, grab the meat that I want to come home and then, you know, put everything away. And I like to put things away in how I'm going to use them. So for example, if I get a big package of hamburger, I will separate it. And I've never asked the butcher to separate it. I, I don't know why I haven't done that. Probably because they do have separate packages and they do charge more for that, just like every other store. Uh, and I always feel like it's a little bit rude. Like it's like, oh, well you had a big package, but now I'm gonna make you package it separately, but still pay the same price. So I just take it home and package it myself. So I split up my hamburger sometimes I don't, I, I don't fully have an idea when I'm getting the meat at the store because I just know what we regularly use. And so by the time I get home, I might go, oh, I'm going to split up that package of sausages or I'm going to split up that package of stew beef or whatever. So I do that, get those in the freezer. And then a lot of times I like to cut up my vegetables. So I like to cut up my celery, my carrots, my cucumbers. 
wash any fruit, put it away so that everything's a little bit easier to use when I'm going to make a meal or a snack or just put together a little snack box. Um, a snack box for us is like charcuterie in a Tupperware container. So that's where we'll have like the meat and cheese and the crackers and then we'll have some fruit and then we'll have, you know, maybe some cookies or something. So I'll do that, you know, pretty much right away when I get home. And so that takes a lot of time out of that chore so that I can have time to do more things. And sometimes those more things are, I want to watch some TV or I want to read a book or I want to listen to an audiobook, or I'm going, hmm, you know what? Now I have time to go for a walk, whatever, just because I don't believe that we need to just waste time. And it's, you know, and when I say waste time, what I mean is using up time that we don't need to use. Like I don't need to go walk up and down every aisle of the grocery store, load stuff on a conveyor, pay for it, load it in my car and then come home. I don't need to do that because click and collect is, is available. So why would I waste an hour in the grocery store when I can be do that whole thing in 15 minutes? It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I want to use that time because maybe I can get an extra chore done at home. Maybe that means I can, you know, quickly go home and get the groceries put away and then go and have, you know, dinner with a friend or I can go to coffee later or I can whatever. It just gives me more time back to my day. So I do that. Some of the other things that I do to save time and money and I've, some of the stuff I've just started recently. So again, if you followed me on Instagram, you will see that for the first time ever, I have been able to have a fall drink from Starbucks because I don't drink coffee like at all. I just don't like the taste of it. So every year they come up with these amazing, you know, oh, pumpkin spice this and all caramel macchiato that. I don't drink coffee. So a lot of these drinks from Starbucks that are, you know, seasonal are coffee based. And, and I was like, oh, no, can't do it. But I was like, oh, but I feel like I'm missing out because they, they sound like they'd be amazing except for the coffee part. So, well... For those of you who also have TikTok, you'll know that there was this amazing drink that came around this year that was all over TikTok. Like people were trying it, going, I don't know about this, and then trying it and going, oh my gosh, this is so delicious and amazing. And after seeing for like a week or so of like every second TikTok being about this drink, I was like, okay, it's not a coffee drink. So that already, you know, has some hope to it. I'm like, I'm going to try it because people are really going like all out about how amazing this is. And even as they're describing it, I'm going, okay, that actually sounds really good. So I went and tried it and I was like, holy man, this is amazing. So this is what the drink is. So get your pens and pencils ready or follow me on Instagram because I actually posted a picture where you can see the label on the Starbucks cup of what the what to ask for so it is a venti iced pumpkin cream chai tea latte with oat milk two pumps of brown sugar and one pump of vanilla it's amazing when i tell you how much i was even as they were handing me that drink the first time i was going i bet i'm not gonna like this and then i took the first few sips and was startled 
by how much I actually did like it. Not like, oh yeah, this is okay, I don't hate it, but like, oh my gosh, this is going to quickly become an addiction. So, um, knowing how social media goes, I know that eventually someone would come up with the recipe for how to make that at home. And they did. So now I start every week because it's $8 for that drink. Just so you know, it's like eight sixty-six where I'm from because it's big. And so once in a while, like I'll probably still treat myself to one from Starbucks, but I make them at home now. And so I have them at home every bloody day because they are so good. So I was like, okay, break it down into components. So, you know, fill up my ice cube tray so I can make ice cubes done. Um, then you got to have that chai tea, you know, base. So I use the Tazo. So Tazo comes in two different ways. So Tazo comes in the, it's, it's like in a Tetra box, like you'd get apple juice and it's liquid and you just pour it in already made up. Um, but I found that I can get more chai tea if I get the Tazo chai tea tea bags tastes exactly the same. The only difference is you have to brew the tea. So what I like to do is I like to brew um, like a nice big uh, uh, mason jar because then it'll last me for a couple days. So like I'll put like two or three tea bags into a big mason jar and then boiling water, brew it like tea and then leave the tea bags in there so it's super strong. Let it cool down, put it in the fridge. That's my tea base. So now I've got the ice and the tea. Oat milk, easy. You can get it from the store. There's, um, I've gotten two different brands. I've gotten Earth's Own and I've gotten Silk oat milk. Just the regular oat milk, no flavoring, just regular oat milk. Um, I accidentally got the no sugar one once. Don't do that. So just the normal oat milk. So that's good. So then the last ingredients is the pumpkin cream. And so I watched several different videos on TikTok of several different people making the pumpkin cream portion. So I'll tell you how I make it because people do it a couple of different ways. So this is how I make it. I take whipping cream, so that 35% cream, like so if you were gonna make whipped cream at home, this is what you'd have bought. I take a liter of that, um, which is, um, a quart for you Americans. I think it's a quart. I think that's what the, I think it's a quart. Yeah, it's a quart. So a liter or a quart from wherever you are of cream. And then I put in there, cause don't forget you want this to be super sweet. So I know this is going to sound like a lot, but remember that this is cause you're putting like kind of a th a third of a glass of the chai tea, a third of the glass of the oat milk. Then you're putting ice cubes in. So this pumpkin cream is only like, I don't know, half an inch on top at the end. So it needs to be sweet because it doesn't make up a lot of the drink. So it is the one liter or one quart of heavy cream. And I just have a mixing container. It's got a handle and a pour spot on it, but it's, it probably holds about two liters, two quarts. So, because then that way I can mix it and then I can pour it into a container to store in the fridge. So the cream, 
Then I put in two cups of brown sugar. Then I put in a whole bunch of pumpkin pie spice, a little bit of vanilla, and some cinnamon. And then I use my whisk and I just whisk, whisk that all up like really, 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 really good. And then I put it in a, in a jar and put it in the fridge so that I can, you know, put my tea, my oat milk, and then ice cubes and the pumpkin foam. And then I can have this every day. So I make those three jars. No, not, I guess they're two jars because the oat milk comes in its own container. So I make the jar of the tea, make sure that there's ice cubes, make the jar of the pumpkin cream. And then I'm good <clears throat> for most of the week. Um, usually I have to remake the tea halfway through, but that pumpkin cream lasts me through the whole week. So the other way that I've seen people make the pumpkin cream foam is you, you're going to do it like on the stove, like not the cream part. Like, so you're going to put a little bit of water in the brown sugar, the pumpkin pie spice and the vanilla. And you're going to like cook that all up. So it's like blended together into like a syrup. And then, oh, and I forgot the most important thing when I'm making the, the pumpkin cream foam is pumpkin. How did I just forget that? You have to like, so get a can of pumpkin from the store, not pumpkin pie, just pumpkin. And you're going to put probably, I don't know. I put about a cup in there. So if you're going to do this on the stove, you're going to put all the ingredients with a little bit of water in a saucepan, everything but the cream part, and then whisk it all together and then cook it so it's like a syrup. And then you're going to add the syrup to your, so then when the syrup is all cooled down after you've made it, you can store it in its own jar. And then day of, like that you're going to make it, what you can do is in a, in a, in a glass or whatever, you can put a little bit of your, you know, whipping cream plus a little bit of that syrup in and use one of those little hand frothers and froth it up and then pour it over top of your drink. So I haven't tried that way yet, but I think I'm going to because I'm wondering if it'll make the flavors more intense. I don't know. I like mine really pumpkin-y and really like with lots of pumpkin, lots of pumpkin pie spice and lots of cinnamon. Um, another way that I've seen people do it is that they have added, like they've used sweetened condensed milk and a, like a can of sweetened condensed milk and then a little bit of just regular milk and then all those things and made it together. I have not tried that, although I did buy some sweetened condensed milk, so I might try that as well. So that is a nice thing to get done at the, like, so I made that already. So my, my batch is made for the week of the cream and I've got about half a week worth of the tea, but the tea takes no time at all. Doesn't take that long to brew up some tea. Um, cause what I'd usually do is brew it at night and then stick it in the fridge over overnight so that it's nice and cold in the morning to make my, to make my drink from. So that part's easy, but I like to make a week's worth of the cream and have a week's worth of like the ice cubes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, just so that I can just, I can make it literally as quickly at home as I would going to Starbucks and I have reusable cups so I can literally recreate that for way less. So I would say that it probably costs me 
per, so it was $8 to get it from, from Starbucks. And I would say I can make one for a dollar. So way less. So I can have one every day for the price of buying one a week. So that's kind of a big difference. So I make that at the beginning of the week. The other, a lot of the other things that I do at the beginning of the week are I also do my breads. So I do all my bread products from home. I, I like the taste of it better. I like the money savings of making it. It's way cheaper to make bread than it is to buy bread, especially now with the cost of groceries going up. Uh, the other thing too is we in our family are very, I don't want, I don't want to say gluten sensitive because I don't know what that, if that's what it is. What I know is, is when we buy store bought bread products and we eat them, we tend to get upset stomachs. Like it doesn't sit well. It doesn't feel like it's digesting well. And we just don't feel well. So part of the reason why I make all of our bread products is because then we don't feel that, you know? And if you think, oh, well, yeah, then you're only eating whole wheat this or non-gluten this. No, I make regular white bread and buns. And I do make sourdough loaf as well. But it's, so we're eating like the same kind of stuff. I'm just making it at home. And there's some difference which is obvious, get, get homemade bread and get store-bought bread, leave them both on the counter. That store-bought bread in a week, 10 days, still probably not going to have mold on it. Like you almost have to smell if it's moldy because it won't have mold. Four or five days in on that homemade bread, it's like a big ball of gray mold because it doesn't have all the preservatives in it. So that's probably one of the reasons why it is better in our systems than the store-bought stuff. So... Yeah, so it's twofold. So saving money plus we can enjoy bread in the volume that we like to enjoy bread without it making us feel yucky. So I like to do that at the beginning of the week too. So I make uh, one, sometimes two loaves of sourdough. I will make usually anywhere from one and a half dozen to three dozen buns and then usually a loaf of, of just regular sandwich bread. And so I do that at the beginning of the week. So now I've got my fruit and vegetables washed, cut up. I've got the meat from the butcher. I've got my, you know, drinks that I want to have going. And I've got my bread. So my week starts off with a lot of stuff already done. And that, I find for me, makes my week run smoother. So I call it a, you know, a restock and a reset. And that's what I kind of focus on from kind of that Friday night to Sunday night. That's what I'm doing. So it's not, again, it's not a big slog. I'm just doing it here and there. But so that when I roll into my Monday, I have all my laundry done. I've gotten some of the big projects of cleaning done around the house. I've got a meal plan for the week set out so I know what we're eating every day for supper. And those items are, you know, in in pantry, in fridge, in freezer. All my drinks are ready. And like I said, my bread is ready. Our snacks are ready because I've cut up the vegetables and the fruit's been washed and that kind of thing. And it really makes my week go by really smoothly. Now, I've always really done um, a weekly reset. And I, I usually did do it on a Sunday where, you know, that's when you know, or over the weekend, at least, you know, that's when, you know, you're going to wash the bedding. That's when you're, 
you know, you're going to, again, I've always made sure that the grocery shopping is like kind of a Friday night, Saturday thing. And so now with the doing the grocery pickup, it's always Friday. It's always Friday. So I just find that doing that, doing that reset has always been a great way so that I'm going into the next week already like with success in the bag because so many things are done or prepped and ready to go. And recently, like I said, I've been doing this restock where I'm making sure like, okay, I'm making the bread, I'm making the pumpkin cream, I'm making the chai tea, I'm cutting up the vegetables, I'm writing down my meal plan for what we're going to have for the week. I am, you know, collecting all the recycles, making sure that, you know, we, because our garbage day is Tuesday morning. So I need to make sure that all the garbage and the recycles are collected Monday night to put out Monday night. So we kind of start thinking about it on the weekend. You know, that's when I'll be, you know, especially looking at my week in my planner going, okay, what appointments do I have this week? What, what activities do I have this week? You know, am I getting together with friends for uh, like a, a coffee? Am I going to a class? Uh, you know, do I have an appointment? You know, does, does my son have, you know, important deadlines for his schooling or, you know, tasks that he needs to get done so that I, so that we're going into that week totally prepared. So we're not being blindsided going on Wednesday night. Oh, I really needed to have gotten stuff to make a, like a cheese plate for a event I'm going to, or, oh, I told my friend that when I came over for tea, I would bring the banana bread that she likes of mine. And I'm, and I'm having to be like up on Wednesday night or whatever, you know, scrambling to get that done because I get it done before the week starts so that my week can just really flow from day to day where there's no surprises. We know what's for dinner. Our clothes are already washed and dried so we have clean clothes you know we 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 have grab and go snacks we can quit I can quickly make up one of my pumpkin drinks and I just find that having to not worry about all of those little things that really reoccur every week like every week we're going to need bread every week we're going to need clean clothes every week we need to be making dinner so these are things that are recurring, that if we can just prep in advance for them, that it just makes such a difference in our week, such a difference. I find that my week flows so much smoother because I'm not caught unawares or caught with stuff that's going, oh, I, now I really needed to have that thing done and now I have to scramble and get it done. No, it's already done. And that takes a lot of stress out of the week. It makes things a little more enjoyable. And it really, honestly, for me, I find that it really blends my week and my weekend together. So it's not like, you know, working really hard all week, working really hard all week, and then collapsing exhausted at the weekend, knowing you have a mile long list of stuff to do. It's not like that. It's, you know, we're doing a little bit every day. We're doing, we're doing our our rituals and our routines every day. Plus we're doing a reset and restock on the weekend. So that the regular everyday things aren't feeling hard to us. So I have found that since I have instituted those kind of things, I feel like even though my house is cleaner, 
and more organized, I feel like I'm doing less work, if that makes any sense. So I don't feel like I'm working that hard to keep it up. I don't feel like I am scrambling to get supper on the table because I've done so much of the prep ahead of the time. And that's kind of what the kind of overarching theme of this podcast is because we, especially as women, have a lot on our plates. We really do have a lot on our plates. And it can easily overwhelm us with not only the amount, but the variety of things that we find ourselves responsible for. And so my goal for my own self was to find a way to still accomplish a lot of those things, but get rid of the panic, get rid of the overwhelm, and get rid of that need that it has to be perfect either, because it doesn't. And so all of the things that we talk about on the podcast here are stuff that I have found that really make a huge difference in how I walk through my everyday life so that I'm not feeling stressed or overwhelmed. And so that enough of the stuff is being done on a regular basis that if I decide that going, you know what, today, just not feeling it. That my whole life doesn't collapse because I decided to skip a day of doing something. That I can, that I can, weave in those days into my lifestyle because I work a little bit every day on something. And so things are always in the progress of being done, if that makes any sense. Like, so things are always being like in the process of being done. So there's not something that's ever sitting there going, okay, that's not done at all. Everything's got a little bit going on. So if I want to take a day, I take a day. And to be clear, I don't take a day like, oh, I'm not feeling good. And if I don't relax today, I'm going to collapse because I'm so ill. No, no. I take a day. So those days don't happen. So sometimes I'll get up going, I'm just, I'm honestly not feeling it. And I'm just not going to. And then I don't. Because I don't have to justify why I'm not doing anything. Because I've let go of that as well. When I've let let go of the perfection of managing my home and my life, I also let go of that obligation of needing to prove productivity to others. So when somebody asks me, oh, what did you do today? What did you get up to today? I can confidently say nothing. I sat around in my pajamas all day and I crocheted and watched some TV. And I don't feel any shame about that. I don't feel any need to go, oh, because I wasn't feeling so good or, you know, kids kept me up at night or I don't need to justify why I did it. I decided that's what I was going to do. And so that's what I did. And my whole world doesn't fall apart and my house doesn't fall apart because taking a day is fine because I'm always doing a little bit of something every day on things. So again, if you follow me on Instagram, I we just wrapped up the October daily challenge. 
So that was doing things around your house, a little something every day, just extra things. So these are over and above, you know, what you would call your daily chores, your daily rituals, your daily routines. So that because we are going into the holiday season, we are going to be busier. We are going to probably entertain more. And if we are not being the ones entertaining, we are maybe going to the event. So I wanted to work on a daily challenge where we're just kind of tightening up areas around our house so that when we bring out that holiday decor, when we have those people over, um, and just for our own comfortability, that our house is a little bit cleaner, a little bit more organized, so that we can feel more relaxed and enjoy our holiday season even more. And I did it over a month because then you're not doing that, you know, crazy, panic, angry cleaning before events. And so if you didn't have a chance to follow along in October, go back and go through all the posts and just do them. And they're small things like these things are 10 or 15 minute tasks. So if you can, you know, maybe you're waiting for supper to finish in the oven go and do one of these tasks, or maybe you are, you know, waiting for the dryer to finish so that you can fold the clothes, you know, before you start doing your nighttime ritual to go to bed, you can carve out these 10 or 15 minutes to do these things. They're super easy. And over the month of doing them, it really does really pull together a lot of areas of your house. Um, If you did follow along for the October challenge, yay, how great do you feel now that you have got all those tasks done? I know that I feel great, like my fridge is clean, my stove is clean, areas of my house that were kind of, you know, needing a little bit more tidy or a little bit tightening up are feeling a little bit better. I'm a little more confident going into this holiday season that my home is where I want it to be. You know, it's also nice to do kind of like a refresh, which is, this is kind of like that refresh as well of certain areas. So if you've done that, great. And if you did, I would love if you commented on one of the posts from the challenge and just let me know how you did. How did you like it? How did you like doing just a little quick task every day so that it's not overwhelming and you know, how you feel about your house at the end of doing it. So if you did do that, and even if you didn't, that's fine. We are also doing a November task list. So this is another daily challenge where I'm giving you a task every day. And these are little tasks. So we've already got it. We're already a few days into it. So go check it out at seven Martians on Mars on Instagram. So you can see the daily challenges and they are just little tasks. And these tasks are to get you really ready for the Christmas season. Like these are Christmas season oriented tasks and some of us we leave these to the last minute and it causes us stress and overwhelm or we just go you know what it's been this too much I just can't do it all and we just don't do it and we feel like oh I really wanted to do that but I was so already full with everything else that I just didn't have time well we're going to spend the month of November doing all of those little things so that by the time you get to the end of the month, you feel prepared and relaxed so that you can go into your holiday season and really enjoy it 
without feeling stressed or overwhelmed or like you're being rushed off your feet, where you can kind of slow down and enjoy the holiday season for what it was meant for, time with your family and your friends, feeling love and gratitude and enjoying good food and exchanging gifts or not. Gift of time is still a gift. And really being able to emotionally enjoy this holiday season, perhaps more than you've ever had a chance to do before. So I really want you guys to all follow along because I need to do these too. These are things that, you know, I want to get done so that I can really enjoy my holiday season more without feeling like, oh, I wish I had gone and done that. Or I wish I had made time for that because, you know, now that opportunity's passed, maybe next year. I want those things for myself as well. So I'm going to be doing the challenge with you just like I did in October. So I'd really love if you guys, and if some of the daily challenges, you're like, nope, that's not part of something that I need for my Christmas, then, then don't do that challenge. But there is so much stuff that really is um, relevant to all of us in some way or another. And I really think that if you follow along on the challenge that by the time the end of the month comes, you're going to feel so prepared in a way that you may have not felt before for Christmas season and holiday season and friends and family and parties and Christmas concerts and work get togethers and, you know, all those kind of things in a way that you have wanted to be prepared and wanted to be able to step into for years and have never been able to and are going to get the chance to slow down and really enjoy like everyone is supposed to be enjoying the season instead of feeling like I'm run off my feet and I can't wait this is till this is over because that's not that's not good that's not good for you and it's not good for your family to see you like that or your friends to see you like that and that's not how the holiday season is supposed to be it's supposed to be a time that we slow down and enjoy all the blessings that we have in our life and enjoy time with friends and family, indulge a little bit in some good baking and really have a good time. So that was my goal in putting together this challenge is to set you on the road that when you step into December, you are going to step in prepared to have some real slowing down and enjoyment. So follow along. Let me know how you're loving the challenge. I will see you over on the gram. And until then, like every time on the Mama Mentor podcast, take what works and toss the rest because life is too short to be told what to do. I will see you next time. Love you tons. Have an amazing week. Bye-bye.